All right. We're talking about uh, nursery rhyme of Mad Men today, right? Yes, sir. Um, so let me bring you in to the, to the podcast. Um, for everybody joining us this week, um, I have a, 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 an awesome um, writer, director, um, winner of uh, our film festival back in 2017, I believe. Um, I'll let him introduce himself. Um, he is in Canada, I believe. Um, so hopefully the Wi-Fi and the connection will maintain. Um, and so then, guys, please let's enjoy this next hour with Mr. Igor. Sir, if you would introduce yourself, please. Hey, guys. My name is Igor Steven Rados. Um, yes, three names. My grandfather was to have that name. But uh, I live in Canada. <clears throat> um, I was born back in former Yugoslavia, but I'm here last 30 so years. And uh, I bring a little bit of that Eastern uh, knowledge, I would say, from archives of these writers, because they have something to offer that we don't really have every day. So a uh, nursery rhyme of a madman uh, is the the feature that won a few awards uh, at your festival. I really appreciate all my cast and crew. We're thrilled and um, love you guys. That's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope that's not all you have to say. Uh, oh, but no. I do appreciate you coming on board and taking your time to speak with us. Um, let's talk about uh, your film, first of all. A nursery, yes. nursery rhyme of a madman. Um, yes. What is, for those of, of or those viewers of, of mine that haven't had the opportunity yet to view your wonderful film, what is it about? Uh, first of all, I put the film freely on YouTube at this point. It will be limited time. I want people to see because we were between distributors and people want to be distributors. Uh, Nursery Rhyme of Madman is inspiration of a short but very strong play from Poland uh, called uh, uh, Madman and the Nun. So uh, it's not a, like a, a straight uh, adaptation, the segments and elements of it. Uh, we were all blown away. The little theater group that I used to work with at the time, uh, they put it that on stage, but it is like 23, four pages. And uh, I said, well, this is such a beautiful concept to put. And uh, as I started writing, I could not stop. So there need to be a feature. So it, I put like three quarter of the stories of my own. And namely, it's story about two doctors. Uh, they have this poor poet who is a successful artist as a subject. So... Mm -hmm. uh, they keep him as a, as a, as a subject. Uh, one doctor believes in in modern approach to psychiatry. The other one in more classic, hands-on, maybe even butcher-like rough one. Yeah. And uh, this poet, as being celeb, uh, gives them little little touch to their institution uh, and pushes their celebrity status. A poor guy, he just would like to run away and, and, and write. He doesn't want to be a subject of a whole thing. So there is a lot of symbolism you can you can feel right away. And uh, that these two doctors, they represent these yin-yang powers of the world, uh, and maybe greediness of the East and West or North or South, whatever you want to name it. And uh, and poor artist, he represents every artist on the planet. You know? Yeah. You, you want to you wanna create, you want to write. You don't want to listen to politicians and, and being clamped and being, you know, ripped apart. 
So uh, there is a lot of symbolism, and uh, there is a young, beautiful nurse that comes and saves him. I, 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 I see that as symbolically uh, cultural needs. I see that as bleeding arts, charity, and then she saves the art. Uh, <laughs> believe me, the, the original play is much more dark. It was uh, pessimistic. Uh, at the end, everybody died, and I said, no, I cannot. Oh, wow people you know this is <laughs> let's save the art let's save the world so uh she she saves him and uh, i'm not gonna say the whole thing uh, because uh you might see shocking scenes where people die and resurrect and uh, uh it's not a fairy tale it's a magical realism and sometimes texts call for it if you yeah. apply just the pure realism Though it's style also, but it's it lost that edge of style because we take it for granted. Uh, so these texts really call for style, and uh, uh, it's somewhere between expressionistic, maybe an impressionistic or impressionism, if you can say that. So uh, you can feel a rhythmical pattern of people talking at almost like a theater, but it's not, and. Uh, you can see in every scene, it's uh, uh, it's structured. It's it's not like catching reality, you yeah. know. So uh, music also, we we took Vivaldi for a lot of parts, but then we were looking for somebody uh, from nowadays, some some new composer, and uh, to to uh, compliment. So, because as you can see, as you go through the film, I purposely made it that it's some, somewhere in time between past and uh, and nowadays. Mm. As you can see, nurses have uh, these traditional uh, uh, white hats, yeah. and uh, uh, you know they look more sexy in seventies. That's how nurses looked, and nowadays they're all in blue. You know, and I said, well, we will bring that here. And they look have to look cute. They have to be, you know. So and then all of a sudden they all pack up and they uh, go to uh, the the most recent uh, model of Volvo to drive away <laughs> and uh, you know they have a modern computers but everything else else is like somewhere like period picture back in time and I said well I like that it's somewhere in time also somewhere in place I did not say where however yeah. in one. You can see Queen Elizabeth when she was young, further back, and I tried to darken that in my color uh, correction um, because it happened in Canada. And uh, <laughs> lucky to find a beautiful historical building uh, as part of the college. It was Catholic College of uh, De La Salle, and I really appreciate them appreciating us. Of course, we had to pay rent for it. Of course. Uh, but they wanted to see the story. They wanted to see the script before they let us shoot. And uh, I was told right away, uh, no nudity. I said, well, of course, no nudity. I mean, it's it's private college, uh, yeah. but it's also Catholic college. And I said, well, but we have little blood scenes. I said, yeah, it's okay. And um, they read the script, took them a week. And they come back and say, it's okay. And guess what? They gave me such a low rate for rental that no other places could beat. And it was exactly the place we wanted it. So it's old, old house, like a few centuries back when you look at it. It, it becomes a character of the film, actually. It really it's did. I, I love the setting. It 
complemented the story because it, it gave it that dark, almost, um, I don't want to say noir because it wasn't noir, uh, Victorian, almost like a Victorian-esque yes. feel to the story, even though, like you said, it had modern depictions of the vehicles and and even the dress was kind of 50s, 60s. And then the, the, the nurses were a certain different other styles. So you had a mixture, a hodgepodge. But it was really well done. So, but yeah, the housing was beautiful, and I, I I love. And I was gonna ask you about that later on as we progress in the podcast about the the, the structure itself, because it became a character actually. Yes, uh, funny enough, uh, uh, the people were looking for a good couple of years as I was developing script and the rehearsing with actors. You will see that actors are really well rehearsed. And uh, it might be a side effect that uh, certain films would not carry. Uh, these kind of texts, first of all, required certain style to be brought in. If it's just realism, it would be Shalala story. So uh, equally, we had to find the location that we'll play. Mm -hmm. And it took us some time to find location. Luckily, city of Toronto is a good mix of old and new buildings. And uh, we have a lot of Hollywood productions for a reason, not just, you know, hardworking crew and, and, and dollars cheaper. Canadian dollars is three quarter of a dollar. So <laughs> a good incentive for, for you know, these producers to come over and bring the project to shoot and then go back to, to edit in Hollywood. Yeah. But uh, also this city offers like thousands of locations, uh, nightclubs, bars, and they are from all over the world. You, you, you can find the Middle East, you can find to Tokyo, you can find England, wow. whatever you want. By, and uh, we were looking for something that we don't have to overpay because, first of all, it is an independent project. Mm -hmm. And uh, my actors, they were not union actors. We have this uh, little theater group called the Toronto Theater Academy. So I, I, I was lucky to have all these bunch together to support me and I supported them. So the deal was actually, okay, guys, let's put this film. I'll put money, I'll find, I'll borrow, I, I'll go through corporate channels to get it, uh, but let's commit. And commitment that I've seen was through rehearsal because we had a long time getting together and rehearsal, rehearsal, rehearsal. And uh, once you have that, I, I knew that we are on the same page, that I'm not going to have somebody um just walk up the set you know at the beginning i had people that that, that told me I, I, this is not for me i appreciate that but luckily it was told at the beginning um i if i was looking for a main character i, I also we had the audition we have hundreds of people come and then you select maybe a 10 percent and of this 10 percent maybe just few guys are usable we ended up with a member of our team. Yeah. You know, the guy who uh, has been acting uh, before, but now became a, a theater light uh, designer. And then, so I can do this. And he was, guess what? He was better than all of these guys. So I said, okay, Chris, you're in, you're with us, and let's do it. So uh, by uh, rhythmical pattern of the talk, you will, you will, you'll know that they rehearsed it. There's no yeah. There's no, I have a quick question about that. Yes. Um, I I do appreciate that that you you hit uh, you hit it on uh, on the nail when you said the the 
rhythmic pattern of the way they speak because it was interesting when I when I when I uh was watching it at yeah. first I was like you know and and you said it clearly it it's almost theater like theater esque um because it, it you're watching them and you're thinking would this be a theater production you know even though it's it's a film the way they spoke wasn't natural but it was within the con again within the context of the frame of the film you know what i mean the way everything was put together it made sense and it was so interesting because i had never seen a film you know within that that kind of almost nuance of speaking to where it's not natural it's not over the top theater because when you're theater you're projecting and everything but it's almost that that pattern of speaking to where you're like okay wow that they're on beat they're, they they got a, a certain beat that they're carrying through and through with each other and it was so awesome to see it being played well with each other you know what i mean it it was a daring uh, move to be honest uh if you overdo it you're out if you underdo it it you're going to have some crappy realism. There are a few films recently done by Hollywood. Uh, Denzel Washington actually uh, directed, uh, is it Fences or something? Um, and he did an excellent job. And whole pattern of rhythmical talk. Uh, it was a few years back. It was, uh, I believe, nominated for Academy Award. If he didn't mm -hmm. win. I forgot. And then uh, most recent production of, uh, was it Stalin or something? Where you have all these bunch of famous actors coming and they almost like recite. So uh, uh, those kind of films again, they are they're not going to get obsolete. They, yeah. they they. So I kind of play the classic game with this, to be honest. Now it's a low budget. In, in, uh, you can see here and there that we did not have really too much uh, coverage. That I had to be happy with what I have. In my hands to cut yeah. and uh, say, okay, this is a movie. I did not have extra take to make something tighter or something nicer, so we used what we had. And we, uh, again, there is economy behind. We did it so fast and uh, within twice as uh, less days than normal feature would be. I've been working on many feature films as AD and a crew member and you know it takes like a good four weeks sometimes six weeks to make a film uh this was done within like maybe 12 13 shooting days oh wow uh but there is a but first of all actors were right ready to go so that we did not waste time on the set because okay. they had to pay a rent for it uh Secondly, um, what was uh, moving quickly also was a good location. We had location that once you turn the camera around, it looks like a different location. We don't have to move the trucks. Yeah. Uh, we go outside of the garden. It's totally different location. We had here and there, like, uh, you know, uh, locations. Uh, by the lake that looked like a sea. It's Ontario Lake. <laughs> and, uh, outdoor scenes. I was looking honestly as much as possible to get out of this place because what really uh, theater 
differs from uh, from the film is unity of space. And uh, once you take a play, it's not easy to turn into a movie. It's easier to go with the novel. It's easier to go with the life story. Uh, play is already in the form to have unity of time and space. And of course, story. Mm-hmm. And usually happen in one day or 48 hours. How do you do that? So, uh, but we were driven with uh, with the concept concept of symbolism, concept of the strong message to deliver. Mind you, this play is not almost hundred years old, and it became a public domain maybe just a year or two or three. I don't know. It's like a European is seventy five years. So before I I took in my hand to do the the work. So uh, nobody's after me, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, I look into uh, from Slavic languages. Of course, there is English version uh, called Mad Men and Them, with the long lines for entire page. Uh, you can read it just for reference, but you're not gonna get these dynamics what we have in the film. We we made a film, and uh, as I said, we use that as uh, as inspiration more than anything else. So the the concept that comes out of it, it is uh, almost sarcastic way of looking uh, into authority. And uh, I kind of liked it. I felt that as a good challenge to uh, to rock the boat a little bit. Yeah. Uh, also questioning uh, where is the health system going? When you when you touch all these topics and you you see there is much more more problems beyond them. You know, the hospitals are like dungeons. Yeah, fair enough. They are obsolete. But that tells you something about uh, authority in general. Like, uh, And uh, that was the beautiful part. We had to do it, basically. Um, mm. I, I'm not Polak, <laughs> you know, but I... I <laughs> uh, uh, all the... What's the name? Original play. There was a Russian also. Uh, uh, I, I'm very poor with the reading... These Russian lines also, but uh, I, I got a con, uh, you know, concept also. Google Translate helps also. <laughs> uh, so uh, I got through it, and uh, the Russian translation is excellent translation, but it is in from old Polish to old English. So mm, um, you know, it's uh, it's like another story, you know. But, but uh, you know what? I I do have to agree with you, as far as storyline goes. And, and and you 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 hit the nail on the, the the head again when you talk about the duality between the two doctors and how you know you could take a story like that and and apply it to just about anything you know what I mean it doesn't have to be like you said healthcare it doesn't have to be political it could be arts it could be personal you know how we grow up or or something it, so it it's timeless and and that. Again, I really appreciate watching the film because there was so many layers to it. And as you unravel some of these layers, I'm appreciating it because I was like, that's exactly what we're like. Well, dude, uh, did he mean to do this? And now that you're answering the questions for us, I'm like, ah, dude, yes. So we're not going crazy. We're not just adding, you know, meaning to it. You actually had you know, a lot more layers to your film, which which we appreciate because it, it was really well done. And like I said, the different types of genres, different types of settings, different types of 
you know, clothing and, and how you meshed everything together to produce your film was well done. And even though it was low budget, it was it was done to where the story was carried out properly. Um, the actors were within their their ranges. You know what I mean? They weren't trying to overdo anything. They they were real. You know, to me, they, they I believe those actors. And sometimes that's where you're like, uh, I don't, I don't understand why I don't get it, and you lose that perspective. You know what I mean? I know. Uh, when you say believing actors, uh, that's uh, one way of the directing actor. And I'm glad that you believe them, although they recite the, the lines. Uh, I try to deviate uh, from uh, prose. You believe actors in realism so much when they have something like from life. And uh, it is applied prose. But I try to do the poetry. Yeah. So it is a poetry basically and can you really uh see the film as a poetry well i, I try to do that you know and uh, because first of all it's about poet yeah and uh why not you know give us some rhythm to it believing an actor sometimes yes you believe them they bring a performance but uh, do you believe singer when sings a song so now we, we're touching that uh, side of the art of performance uh if uh, that performance um, touches your 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 buttons, let me put say that yeah. uh, leaving a might be secondary uh, object uh, objective to the whole thing, uh, maybe the beauty of it, maybe the pattern, um, the movies that you want to watch again, already you saw them. Sure, you believe it. And uh, you got information, but it's not just information. So there are certain uh, subconscious uh, uh, um, connections. Yeah. Uh, that become now the philosophical question, okay, what is that? Is it art? What is art? Many philosophers could not answer the question. But bottom line comes to that loop, that connection between art piece and yourself, spiritual connection. And uh, when you look a good painting, even though you're not academically uh, literate for painting, but there is something, this picture that keeps you watching, sucks you in, and you don't want to go. Then there must be some art in it. So um, every form of art, uh, if you can touch your audience uh, with, a, with a, some spiritual connection, that's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we are all trained uh, by uh, uh, watching the, the whatever we have, realism on, the, on, on, on screen. And of course, the number one, do you, do you believe the actor or not? But uh, I, I, I try to kind of deviate from that and do, do you like his style? Do you, are you with him? Do you dance? Do you, is your heart dancing with him? That's my question, you know? And, uh, or with the story. And uh, now looking to believe, we have that people getting back to life. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> believing or not, it's like you know, but you like it. You know, that's a, yeah. you know, that's a, or you know, we we have all of a sudden uh, we found the bridge that the, that this poor Anna pushes across the bridge when he when she steals the the, the points out of the the the, the, the psychiatrist, uh, and she crosses the bridge, and there is a rainbow. 
in the uh, uh, before the tunnel, entering the tunnel. And so, oh my God, like there's a designer in this city that made these tunnels just for our movie, for God's sake, you know. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like, of course, it's it's not. It's the tunnel was there for the last many years, but it's very interesting. Really, yeah. In the national, in the park, in the heart of the city, it's a big park, and then um, and you can see rainbow colors as you know, following the yeah. the the the, the, bow of the tunnel and entrance of the tunnel, and it's a walking tunnel. And so, oh my God, like, is there anything better? Do I have to look for something else? She has to push that, and then there is a light at the end of the tunnel. That tells you in symbols a lot, you yes. know. So the was, colors and light at the end of the tunnel, and uh, you know. Then finally, uh, at one scene, uh, they end up in the graveyard, and the, here he is. The poet gets off the wheelchair and he touches the the gravestone of his probably one of the gravestones, and that's that's his uh, uh, soulmate that passed away many years ago. That actually broke his heart and he ended up in in this but he touches that and then turns around looks anna and they connect with the look and i found the beautiful gypsy music they call it the gypsy blues or something russian gypsies yeah and uh, really melts your heart and uh, and they go away and like that in that in that cemetery there was a beautiful hill they push that wheelchair with the the, the the cases they have these these bags and, and the suitcases on top of the hill and they leave that thing on top of the hill the wheelchair they grab the suitcase and they walk beyond the horizons and they disappear behind the hill we took a long land camera uh, for a camera it cost us a lot that day so we can take everything in one long take that they walk and they be they they, they disappear behind the hill and aesthetically, artistically, that's the end of the film, basically, because concludes a lot. It's a lot yeah. of symbolism there. They, that wheelchair that is left behind, that's the past they left behind. And uh, they left the graveyard behind and they disappear behind the hill. Of course, I mean, I didn't stop with the film there. I had to uh, give a closure to a regular Hollywood train audience <laughs> so uh, <laughs> to uh, make happy and happier and, uh, <laughs> you know, to see... You know, uh, uh, the police officer comes in to save the world, too. And uh, maybe you didn't notice, but they had a secret shake at some point, handshake. No, and they I whisper something that. to one. Yes. Uh, first time when when the police officer comes into uh, uh, the hospital and asks, okay, uh, where are the bodies? <laughs> you yeah. know, bodies were there in the morgue, but they disappeared. These guys got up. Uh, one... Uh, I guess the drag past him, the other one uh, fake his death, basically. But uh, that's something that I have to explain so I don't lose the audience. Uh, in reality, it's a magic realism. It's uh, something happening and we all experience. It's not uh, that one person see it. It's not something that is uh, strangely happened to character that see something. It's mm. we're talking uh, surrealism, right? But magic yeah. realism is presented to everybody and we, we enjoy the ride. And whether we believe it, we like it. And uh, as I said, our heart dances with him. Lovely. So uh, we got a poetry. And uh, you see our poet comes all roughed up and like, and aren't you supposed to be dead? <laughs> so, well, I guess not. And, uh, and he introduces himself and uh, he's a poet and a free thinker. 
and then he gives them a handshake and they exchange a look. From that point on, the police officer is connected with Poet. He doesn't even listen to these uh, Dr. Schmucks around. And that, that is another a stepping stone to save the, 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 the art. And, and not just the nurse, but again, there are certain people they, you know, uh, would support uh, uh, a good uh, charitable things. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's a little touch, it's small touch, but I said, well, okay, I mean, poor nurse is uh, by herself, the other people in being interested for society to function as a clockwork and, and properly. And then uh, you will see at the end uh, also uh, it's a big party as two doctors are looking for uh, for a poet, runaway crazy man. Um, he's uh, having a evening with the master, you know. He, yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he's reciting his silly poems, and uh, I, I had to re-recite whatever was uh, the poem. Uh, uh, it works. It's a silly poem, but it's, you know, uh, as everything else in the movie, where you have all these hospital crew come to uh, arrest him, but they can't because they're sur surrounded by the rest of the society, by the rest of the world. There are art-loving people. Here is a police officer and his deputy. He is a mayor of the city. Also had a shake with, handshake with, with the police officer. Uh, and, uh, you, you know, it's, it's funny things happening that this gang of doctors now uh, ended up a little short for this particular guinea pig, you know, <laughs> but they come on, they go for another one. And uh, at the end, it's a sarcastic. I said, well, they have a new one coming. I said, oh, yeah, another writer. No, no, this one is a filmmaker. Oh, and the other third guy said, <laughs> "Splendid! He must have been nobody makes movies." Yeah, splendid! He must have begun mad. <laughs> you know, it's like a, <laughs> uh, and on and on from madness to madness, and uh, very cyclical. I, yes, and it is a circular uh, structure uh, versus linear structure, also. So um, I try to put a lot, but to, not to overdo it. You know. So everything is in 90 minutes. Uh, I do remember I had the longer version of 98. It didn't go anywhere. And, uh, and why was 98? I had uh, all my actors uh, behind over my shoulder when I was editing. Oh, keep my scene for a second longer. Oh, I love my look. Keep it longer. I said, well, okay, we all uh, volunteered for this. I'm going to please them. But it did not work for a film. Uh, yeah. I did. Cut. I didn't cut anything out, but I I pushed the pacing from the beginning, and believe me, it moves. It was so much faster after cutting eight minutes. That is totally another movie. And then uh, festivals start, start taking it honestly. Before that, uh, the film was in limbo. I had it done. I thought it's done. We showed that film on the market uh, at Cannes, and Montreal World Film Festival picked it which is a Grand Prix festival. It's one of the top 50s at the time, or mm -hmm. 20, you know. <laughs> the, unfortunately, they don't exist. I was really, anymore, I, I was really impressed by uh, Montreal World Film Festival, and it is really standing, it used to stand for what the, what the name was, World Film Festival. They did not have a full-time hired staff on, on the staff of the festival. They had a 
four up to six uh, worldwide renowned uh, filmmakers, uh, directors to be a jury for the every year. So they would change. They would have different people coming in. And uh, you would see all the films from around the world. So I really took it as a compliment. That was the only Canadian film, 100% Canadian film, that was accepted in the festival. Although wow. it was a longer version. And uh, it was in a non-competition uh, category. It was a cinema, cinema of the world or something. So, uh, yeah, they knew it's a lower budget. Did not really go shoulder to shoulder with the big budget films. But uh, being accepted uh, on in Montreal, it was a great thing. And I I thought I love it because that's the only city in Canada would really understand. Uh, as Seeing them as, as cultural... Uh, art lovers and as Woody Allen would say in his film but nobody it's everybody hated it but French French loved it <laughs> you know so, uh, <laughs> I make a joke what a, what, what a sloppy crappy movie I said but French loved it <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> now I get a question a couple questions for you yes um for your budget you said you you pretty much funded it by yourself we funded yes by it was a corporate funding uh, from other businesses and we promised to give money back uh-huh. and it's still promising but uh, it's not big <laughs> because, uh, we kind of uh, returned that into tax breaks of uh, all kinds so the good is that uh, corporations would not have without this and uh, you know like uh <laughs> We did do some kind of uh, uh, what's the name uh, uh, rewarding thing. Uh, oh, crowdfunding. Uh, I'm sorry. You crowdfunding. Well, uh, let me put this way: uh, uh, trips to uh, uh, festivals around the world. That's uh, there are like was a tax break on them, and okay. uh, that's one. And uh, you know, so we we at least at the point. Uh, if it makes makes it if it doesn't it's not big deal we're moving on it's not okay. a huge amount of uh, but in course of the last few years i i think we expensed it in, in a lot of nice stuff for them that be uh, kind of okay you know okay well it makes yeah. sense yeah because a lot of times i know most of us either do the crowdfunding or just kind of go in debt in ourselves and and hope and wish that it gets picked up um, now you've had really good success with the film um in in some of the 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 upper uh, festivals how has the festivals do you think helped your film along or do you think it has been worth you know going through the festival runs for you uh, being on a film market and trying to push my film, it was a little bit depressing. They would ask me, do, do you have, have any star in the film? I said, well, no. And nobody even wanted to talk to me. And uh, there was a, a lady. I think she had a Russian name. And she said, look, uh, I'll be honest with you. Nobody will take your film. But what you can do, put on every single festival as you can. I said, okay. And uh, and somebody will see it, somebody will pick it. Uh, but we're still trying. What's the point having film in a drawer? That's one thing. I had offers. Yeah. I had 
Egyptians, uh, with the funny offers, with uh, uh, wanting to lock me for uh, for a lifetime, or at least maybe even longer. That is my life expectancy, <laughs> to be wow. honest. And uh, like uh, funny, I, I had a like funny uh, uh, meeting with the Adler Group. You you can see them are filmmakers, they're bankers, you know. Yeah. And uh, I I had a meet. Yeah, it's like a. Oh, it's very first money. You'll give us for fifteen years. I said, "Well, if I'm going to keep my film with you for fifteen years, uh, you know what writers do with the with the with the book, the, the option. You know, would you do something like for me? Because I put money. I uh, I owe money to some people. And uh, oh no, we don't do that. So uh, the whole uh, uh, circus of a uh, film market comes to that: how to trick the filmmaker to take over the property. Yeah, and uh, it's a little depressing. You're really looking for a friend. You're looking for a partner, and uh, you might hit some honest people to brush you off, and uh, some people to to drag you to uh, to the deal. I, I, I was nicely actually surprised by indie rights. Linda, um, she works in LA, but she's from Texas originally, actually. Okay. Uh, the, Linda takes a lot of films, and I was thinking uh, if I give this film to Linda, she wanted it, actually. She sent me a contract, and I said, well, it's going to get swamped. Uh, what they do, they send 100 films to uh, to buyers, and they pick one or two. The question is, do you want your film to be in, in such a waters? You know, or you want uh, something else for a film? And the worst thing, what I noticed also with distributions, they would find a way to expense their trip to Cannes, to uh, American Film Market, to Berlin, whatever, name it, Busan, to, to uh, you know, Korea, to expense it with whatever your film earned. Because, yeah, Fair enough, they might have uh, 500, uh, maybe 1,000 films in, in, in their roster, but those films, they make some money. And guess what? They're going to ask those films to pay the bills. So uh, uh, the question is really where are you going to, are you going to get anything out of it? I also had a German company, uh, something like Luna production and uh, they were interested a couple of times they've seen it not once but I believe they found something more interesting to them in the meantime so they give me back and then again and uh, or if you have something else uh, yeah right I have to go again and get some more money from somebody to make another film that you might like it um, <laughs> yeah. so uh, yeah <laughs> so uh, <laughs> fine you know, uh, the, the the film itself is stepping stone to a new project. That's uh, number one, and stepping stone to uh, all the actors. My director of photography, uh, who was a uh, long, uh, uh, talented uh, <laughs> cinematographer, he also this film was something to get him back to life because uh, it was uh, like a little pause in his career. Okay. And I was lucky to have Johnny Holasco. His, his uh, show was actually short, shortlisted for Academy Award. And uh, coming from Canada, they had uh, five shows to go and they decided to cut down to four. So uh, poor Johnny 
stayed home. <laughs> I didn't get the nomination at all there. But uh, so I had some serious people on the show to help. And uh, again, uh, Johnny, uh, John Holasco is serious uh, with his craft. And when he saw the building also, he knew we were on the same page. So gee, this building talks to me so well. I'm going. I hope you're going to be talking back to building, you know. <laughs> and, and and he did actually. He did uh, three point lighting entire film with three lights. Oh wow! Three lights, and uh, to the point that uh, what's the name? The chapter, uh, the European cinematographers uh, chapter from Sweden was impressed, and they called him to make an interview. And uh, comparing his lighting technique with the legendary Swen, and mm. uh, and they put a little blog on on, on their website, and I uh, said, so, "Well, there you go. Uh, it's uh, not just one thing, but uh, it's a story, and it's yeah. a location. And when you walk to that location, you see the shadows, and the walls are talking <laughs> to you. Uh, yes, so." Uh, Three-point lighting, classic standard. We did it. We tried to have a steady camera and not too much uh, of uh, crazy, uh, you know, uh, crane shots. Here and there, we had uh, jerky uh, carried cameras when situation actually required, when we have a nurse Anna coming to to steal uh, Mitch out of uh, his room and you can feel the camera. He becomes a character. That's where my Johnny becomes a character, DP when you can feel that that camera is vibrating like a heartbeat. Yeah. Now, I, I will was, say... I'm sorry. Go ahead, Igor. Uh, hello? Yes, I'm here. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. But, I, yes. yeah, I, I was going to say, technically, the film was beautiful. Because it was. Um, as, as visually done well to where it's exposed correctly um it th there's nothing boring about it you know what i mean and like i said the the building did become another character within your your whole film as well as the way everything was shot was very classical you know what i mean so yeah it, it was it was, it was magnificent and i i really do appreciate that in the film because a lot of times they go for that that uh, what is it called? Found footage or shaky cam or whatever, and it takes away from the story. But you didn't. You you actually stuck your guns to it. We had only one, and it wasn't just shaky. Um, instead of Steadicam, I remember that Johnny put on a string hanging over his back, so he could actually heartbeat the the, uh, the camera. N not shaking, but it was heartbeat, and uh, you'll yeah. see when Anna. Sneaks in, in 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 Mitch's room to 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 steal him, to take him out, to pull him on a wheelchair, and he's heavy. And she's just a, a tiny girl, and he's a man, and uh, and and you can you can see that the camera is is actually having a heartbeat, and uh, that is uh, where, where I really have to give it to John because uh, he is a hidden character in the film too in that scene, you know. Yeah. Um, he's doing it. And other than that, like when we set the camera, when we tripod, like yeah, equally John and I are there, or 
you know, and the lighting crew. But this one was handheld. It was heavy, a red cam. It's not small camera that you can play right in a, in your wrists and your, your palms. It's, it's, and uh, as I said, I, I just, he hung uh, the string over his head, some, some kind of like a backpack uh, support. Yeah. Uh, with a little you know, uh, pipe over with the hook, and it was on a cable. It was on a string, and, and just to give him a freedom to 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 have this heartbeat effect, uh, he did it. And uh, yeah. so, uh, uh, if you wonder who who is John in the film, he plays the uh, the drug dealer, the driver, but by the way, long haired <laughs> guy. Okay. And I put him in the. I put him. I put my myself in one scene. I'm a cop driver there, waiting for Anna to come. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Come, yeah. I'll wait for you. Nice. <laughs> so like Hitchcock, put his face here and there. Eh, not not the major <laughs> role, but so we both ended up in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yes. Um, a question for you. I know Canada is a yes. union city. Um, as far as yes. filmmaking. How and you said you went non-union for this project. How did you kind of go about it? I am a member of Directors Guild, first of all, and I asked them for permission to shoot. Okay. And uh unions have strict rules. Uh American uh, uh Guild of uh, Guild of America, Directors Guild of America is more strict than Directors Guild of Canada uh, for for uh, you know directing. Uh what we have here, ACTRA, which is Union of Actors, is more strict than American stack. So um, no matter what, you're going to pay your toll somewhere. Uh, actors were not members of Union. They were theater actors. Okay. And uh, they were learning uh, how to act, basically. I don't care uh, whether... Somebody's a beginner. If your heart is in it, we can do something about it. Yeah. Uh, uh, they were good. They were like, uh, how can I say? What is a black belt? Black belt is the white belt that always advances. So same for the actors. You always advance. You don't think of yourself as a student because if you're not a student, you're not going to maintain being a good actor. Um. Dr. Groom, so the elegant one, he's acting coach. And uh, he pretty much uh, was running the school of acting, but you're going to see better actors than him. And that's good, you know, because yeah. um, the bold guy is probably the strongest actor, you know, Keith. Yeah. Playing, playing uh, you know, Dr. Uh, Fritz, you know, the beard guy. Uh, probably the strongest actor in the show. And uh, Anna supposed to be, her, her name is Paula, supposed to be actually secondary uh, because it's all about the poet, Chris. Um, he's Mitch in the film. However, Anna stole the show. Her beauty, her performance, her charm. And uh, when I look, I didn't even have enough ladies to balance the, all these uh, male actors. So I give her extra uh, uh, screen time to, okay. to keep the balance. So uh, when you think of uh, the film, 
nursery rhyme of madman you might think more about anna as uh, you know she's the secondary uh, principle rather than when you look at the four principles there's like two, two doctors and a patient and then nurse comes in the game uh, she pretty much stole the show yeah. so when <laughs> she's on the poster uh, she is someone that you love to see she is someone that you want to succeed. Everybody else, yeah, look at this weirdo kind of thing. You know? well, like, not only that, but you also kind of framed her out by making her wearing her outfit because she does stand out separately from not only space-wise, but character-wise. She she is very different than your other three uh, main guys, which is the two doctors and the poet. You know what I mean? So you, you, you kind of already set her for success without really kind of saying it that, you know, hey, you know, because when I first saw the movie, I thought it was about her. I didn't think it was about the poet, even though the the, the, the name of it is Nursery of a Mad Man. Yeah, Mad Man. But when you look at the text, when you read the text, when you look and say, well, this is about this guy and he poor guy wants to uh, deliberate himself. But she does the job. She deliberates yeah. him. Um uh, but mind you, that's my story. In the play, they all end up dead. <laughs> it's like <laughs> and uh, like, what's the point? And so uh, then it would be about the poet, but uh, she saved the world. And uh, not just that, uh, it was idea that uh, when you start shooting, uh, then you have new information coming in. You know, even if you go with the storyboards and you go with ideas, how are you going to do it? And then the way she walks into the room or the guy comes in, mm -hmm. changes all, changes everything. Yeah. Luckily, I mean, you have everything in your scripts done for you to get ready to make a film. Then actors, actors bring something in it. They not just bring a life to uh, the character, but they, they bring charm. They bring a... Uh, glow uh, life into the whole scene with the with, with that character yeah so uh you have to let, you have to let it go it's 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 given it's natural it's uh, it's a beast out of your hands as a director i see myself i have to put these people together and here and there just clip 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 if somebody is going wild out of it it doesn't follow the same you know uh, same story but other than that once it clicks and crystallizes into a you know living being let it go let it grow it's yeah. it's it's like mother nature is doing it let's you know it's like <laughs> garden that, that grow itself once you plant all this yeah you planted it and it looks a little mathematical but a few years down the road you see it's much beautier because mother nature did something for you so yeah. same thing with uh, you know putting good 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 actors together inspiring each other and you try to inspire them and uh, you know it's Oh, just me. Yeah, you just pull back and I'll let it happen. I, I've, I've had that instance where I had written a character and I had such a a, 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 a fixed idea of what this one character was going to be. You know, I had my blinders on, the director blinders, and I'm like, no, he has to be this way. And then, uh, like yourself, you know, I, I had an actual person come in or an actor come in. And he portrayed that character in a totally different light. And I was like, wow, that's 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 him. That's that's you know, I was blown away. Like you said, it was so natural, so 
Well, uh, as, as the director, I, I kind of learned pretty early then to, uh, to listen before I talk. So uh, especially when it comes to reading around the table, the text will tell them what to do, but they will present it their way. They will uh, create a relationship while reading. And me as a writer, I can only sit down and listen and make marks how stupid I was here and how stupid I was there, <laughs> how I this, and how come I have the same word being seven times repeated on the same page. But um, it's uh, it's a process. It's uh, you know it's it's in layers, and uh, we all learn. And I also mentioned somebody asked me, "Do I insist uh, in rehearsals?" Yes, I do. Yes. Uh, not so much for performance. That's uh, that's that's actors' space, but for new discoveries, both for me myself and actor and actors as well. You know, I love that. You know, and we discover a lot, and uh, I can add something to the line. I can have people personalizing the lines. You know, somebody cannot say your lines the way you wanted it, but hey, say it your words. Nice, <laughs> you're, you're yeah. my man. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> lovely. You know, let them let them take creative part because you don't want crew members, especially if they're not paid or not paid enough, or uh, actors or talents. You want them to be creative. You want to give them that space, and they feel rewarded just with the fact that they're part of it. You know, and that's yeah. that's that's why they're there anyway for creative. So. Uh, it's it's collaborative creation. It's lovely. I love that. I love that, Igor. I love the fact that you could separate yourself as a writer and then as a director, because sometimes we have issues. I know when I started doing stuff in school, I had an issue separating myself because as a writer, I had that preconception of who or what, how, why everything happened in my world. But then as a director, I, I wanted to be like, well, I'm the director. I'm telling you, this is how I wrote it and so forth, yada, yada. But then, like you said, you grow out of it because you're like, fuck that. Let, let's let's make beautiful. It's such a dangerous you know? uh, slope. Uh, maybe also I, I when I want to write something, I say, OK, I will pretend I'm not writing for myself. I'm going to I'm writing this for somebody else. I'm writing this for for uh, some other filmmaker. How it's done, and then put them aside, forget about it, and read it again. If you if you read stuff, they they after you're gonna see it differently already. And so okay, is this me? <laughs> uh, going back to the text, do I? At some point, you have to say, okay, I, I'm not writer here anymore. This is somebody else. It is me in some previous life. I don't care. I want this as a director. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, it's complex, you know, it's so hard for one person. That's why you have writers on one end and you have directors on the other. And you have editors who have like final touch to your film. They bring your blocks of shooting into life. A film becomes alive in the editing room. Yeah. And uh, editors are so not given enough credit for what they do. They create your film at the end. And uh, the sad part is they would have a producer standing or sitting uh, uh, above his shoulder, her shoulder, 
and turn, no, no, I don't want this in the scene. I, I don't want, I want this in the scene. Uh, now producer want to be a filmmaker. Fine. I mean, if the guy gives money, what do you do? That's how it is. Yeah. But uh, that, that's why you have three major levels of cre- creation. Writer, one. Director and actors, that's second. And then you have uh, editor. And if it's a good editor, if you trust, you have to give him like space. You have to give him a, a clear palette, clean, clean, you know, yeah. to do whatever. And then you can come back and they're like, uh, you know, great filmmakers do that. Uh, I heard the story that Spielberg would let it happen. And then maybe he would kick, kick everybody out of the editing room and, and sit there for a day or two himself just to, you know, do final tweets and uh, touches, but uh, it's a very hard work to to put scene working with the with all these uh, shots you have, and uh, if it's working beautiful. And uh, again, you know, in the editing, you can eliminate uh, bad acting. You can uh, cut to uh, cut away. You can get to uh, shot on the person just uh, a reaction shot. Uh, you can condense and and between the lines if it's too much pauses you can cut them yeah. you know you can cut forth and push uh, the the energy and slow down so uh, manipulation of what has been done uh is done in the editing room now uh, you, you can certainly shoot certain scenes that nobody can cut if you really want to be that protective that nobody can butcher your work at the end uh, but um Again, are you really serving the picture? That's the question. Yeah. yeah. Story. At the end of the day, it's always about story. It is. And uh, also you want uh, an audience to be captivated. You want them uh, to learn from every shot something. And uh, you don't want to be redundant. Just the fact that as director, you have chosen some personal shot that you love. And that's going to stay one second or two seconds longer. You're gonna lose the audience for that. That's why you have totally biased third person to, you know, go through that, and um, you have to give it away. I I edited, but I edited how? Uh, I put the film on the side for a year, and I got back and I re-edited. Okay, fresh so eyes. Year later, a year later, you're a different person. Yeah. And uh, partially because I, I didn't have budget for a, a good uh, editor. And uh, partially I could not find someone I can trust. You know, I can edit well, but I'm, it's time consuming. You know, it's, it uh, I, it's uh, I, I, and I know I will put my heart in it. I'll, I'll spend thousands of hours to make sure that, you know, the scenes are connecting together and working. Once you have that done in industry, it will be, buddy, we have to move on, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and you something as an almost unfinished great movies with, uh, you know, good potentials. And you can see they're not really edited to the end. You know, there is a lot there. And they're either too long or uh, they did not understand the importance of editor. Yeah. Now, I, I, before we close out and everything, do you have any new projects that you're working on? Because I know you kind of alluded to it earlier, but I didn't kind of ask you then about, you know, 
current or, or new projects up ahead? I am working uh, at the moment. I'm between a few projects and I uh, have a personal, uh, it's not my story, but but story that I heard. And uh, it's a drama. It's a social drama called Unwanted and it's about trafficking children. And yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's a sad uh, uh, chain of profiters from around the world, what I do to to, to the newborn babies and mm-hmm. how they get going from parents. And uh, so it's a little bit serious topic. It's like a, so yeah, I, I have to put the second thought to it. And uh, then second one, it's called Johnny Goes Postal, and uh, it's done by, uh, script was written by Joan Vannon. Um, again, needs a lot of work there too, but it's a comedy. It's a, it's, it's a comedy drama. It's about, uh, uh, she works in postal office and she goes postal <laughs> because <laughs> she finds that the boyfriend is cheating on mm-hmm. her, he's tripping. England did not really was waste of time for him, you know. <laughs> so like, and then she ends up in so many comical scenes how she revenges, and um, you know. So uh, we have to uh, see what are we going to do with that one uh, because I'm not the writer of it. I suggest okay. her, you know, to uh, bring more into the script. And then third one was called Cake, uh, written by. Canadian uh, veteran filmmaker Alan Moyle. Alan Moyle was also the writer and uh, his good days. Uh, Pump Up the Volume was his film. Oh, beautiful uh, movie. I love that movie. Yes. So Alan is a, is a great guy, but we could not really, we're still negotiating how we're going to, you know, approach this piece. It's actually written as a play as well. Okay. And uh, he did it. He did a good job, but it's sitting in his drawer for last whatever fifteen years and twenty years almost. Oh wow! So uh, next, yes, I'm down. Uh, yes, I'm going to see him and, and try to talk to him about if he can find a way to to kind of meet together with the, what he wants and what I can afford to to have this. And again, it's another writing involved it has to be uh adapted from the play structure to the film so it's like a lot of work and uh, yeah. so we have to see what what what, what of these three projects will, will kick in first and uh, uh about the documentaries i'm not really uh I, it's it's more like impulsive shopping to me you know i, I did documentary about uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, in Serbia, it's like a little village that they have a brass band festival. It's feature-length documentary, and it's it's really like uh, takes you to the the heart of the place. That village of uh, maybe a couple of thousand people grows into half a million people, and you find people from Chicago, you find people from Australia, from New Zealand. Uh, Israel, they're going crazy. Why? Because brass bands in competition, one week, they all get drunk. They all have amazing food cooked, you know, in clay pots for days. Yeah. Uh, I call it Serbian detox because you so don't know where you are 
for seven days that you really detox yourself for everyday life with everything. Oh, wow. And that's also available on uh, on uh, what's the name uh, YouTube right now for free. It's called Gucha. That's the name of the village in the mountains. Gucha Serbian detox. So how they detox in Serbia? They eat, they drink, they go crazy, and they for the seven days and hi, hey, that's how you detox. Wow, so, I want to yeah. detox like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 actually a nice place to go and visit. It's as I say, it's it's a nest. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, between. Uh, among the mountains so it's a very interesting place nice. and then you have trumpet uh, playing right in the spot echoes through the mountains it's something that you have to be there but documentary wow. can give you a little idea what's all about nice 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 so where can we find you um as far as like media not, not media i'm sorry um your interwebs as well as where can we find the movie uh, it is enough if you key my name. Igor is I-G-O-R and uh, Rados is R-A-D-O-S. Yeah. Uh, there's no mistake. If you, if, if you put my middle name, you might even have more websites coming. It's a Steven with PH. So Igor, Steven, Rados and uh, everything will open. Uh, you will find my website. You will see these films. Also, Nursery Rhyme of Mad Men. You will find it. Uh, there are a lot of uh, uh, trailers, but you will find a full-length movie as well. So, uh, yeah, nowadays we live in a global village. You can find online a lot of things about a lot of people. I, I'm, trans I'm transparent, so I'm not really hiding anything. So it's easy to find <laughs> a lot about uh, myself and me and, and the work. Uh, you know, it's not much, but there is some to see. You know, so and, and you did say your movie right now is in between distributors, so it's free to watch on YouTube. It is free now, and uh, to the point when uh, somebody say no, you can't. And um, yeah. yes, I, I there's a I I, I kept it uh, locked for for quite some time, but there's no reason for it, and uh, so now it's free uh, till we uh, take it down. From, nice. Uh, uh, YouTube, yes. And and it's again, you could go because I know I found it um on nursery, and I'm looking at it just to make sure nursery rhyme of madman.com. If you go to that website, it actually has a lot of information. It has all your laurels, but all the way to the bottom, it has watched the movie and it'll take you straight to the YouTube. Yep. I hope it, it works. Yeah, it because works perfectly. Difficulties you cannot control, but I hope it opens and uh, I hope it works. Yeah, no, no. Like I said, I, I just clicked on it just to make sure that way, you know, the viewers and listeners, if they want to watch this wonderful movie, it will take you directly to your, you know, to Igor's webpage or YouTube page and you can watch it there and you can Lovely. enjoy it. Even even if it's too complicated to to to, to remember Nursery Rhyme of Mad Men and you find Igor Rados easier, um, you will probably find me at the contact page of that website, and then you can go to the home, and then again you're gonna get to the same spot where you are right now. So uh, we yeah, the world shrunk since we. Uh, 
advance in social media. So it pretty much feels like we are in the same village. Oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, so before we go, um, Igor, anybody you want to thank, shout out, say hi to you or anything like that? I I would like to thank to everybody who worked on this film, first of all. That's I my wife uh, probably suffered the most. And uh, as filmmakers, we don't really give credit to wives, but they are our executive producers in many yes. ways. And they Definitely. don't receive those credits. And uh, yes, I did that. All the actors, I, I, I think we did beautiful things for each other. And uh, we were not paid, but crew was paid. And, uh, you know, they had to do physical hard work. And uh, Johnny Holasco, director of photography, uh, I paid him too, but for a fraction that you would pay a director of photography of that caliber in this town. So uh, again, it was a labor of love from all of us. And then again, the LaSalle College, they did an excellent job. And uh, for giving us, again, location for a fraction of the price, I don't know where that script went. It could have gone all the way to Vatican and back, and they say, "Well, it's okay. Give them a break." You know, <laughs> this is uh, good versus evil. <laughs> so, like, yes. you know, that's <laughs> all right. <laughs> you know, you so, never know. <laughs> uh, I, I never know mysterious ways of uh, you know these institutions, those institutions, and uh, um, my insurance company also. They also gave me a huge break because we had to ensure the equipment and, and the crew and uh, production. I mean, the list can go on and on. Um, we have uh, some people on, uh, you know, credits of thanks, but uh, you always miss somebody, you know? Oh, yeah. And uh, I hope they'll forgive us this time. Yeah, maybe this time. <laughs> well i'm thanking you now and your festival for uh, uh taking the film understanding the film and uh it's funny how actually uh american festivals will take this as a more interesting you would you would think this is european piece but yeah there is definitely nostalgic and in nostalgic in american culture for european art and taste is exotic rather maybe and uh i found this film did okay in new york in los angeles and so in europe so so uh france did it uh there is a new festival in Cannes. it's a world uh, film festival uh in Cannes. it's a, it's not the one that, that we think when we say Cannes. Yeah. international they took it they loved it we won award London, there are a few small festivals also we got awards. But uh, other than that, I found that uh, the American audience uh, understands this film better, uh, likes better, uh, feels uh, this exotic uh, magnetism to this kind of uh, art that uh, is coming from some old world, uh, old continent, old uh, something in the God knows when. And where that <laughs> is different, we have uh, in uh, you know everyday's entertainment or so-called plastic movies. We have <laughs> you know, 
Well, I definitely enjoyed the, the film. It was it was great. Well done. Technically, it was it was on spot. Um, but yeah, it, it, I hope people give it a chance because if if you see it just on the surface, yes, it's going to be kind of European ish, kind of almost um, style. Of, of filmmaking, uh, very nostalgic, very cross uh, culture, cross uh, timeline. Um, so it, it it's not going to be for everybody. But once you start going into the different layers of the film, you will understand how awesome concept it is as as a whole. It's a cosmopolitan concept, totally. It's a human yeah. nature. And that's what you get there. And... Uh, uh, mind you, you can also go to the website and take some still photos from the uh, behind the cameras. There are some uh, shots, uh, screenshots also, if you need to enrich your program, if you want. I'm not sure how you're going to present this. Uh, but uh, you can edit. You can have some colorways of, uh, of images that you can find on the website also. Awesome. Well, I do thank you, Igor, for taking your time um, because time is precious. And so I do appreciate you. Thank you very much. Um, I, I thank you for submitting the filming and have giving us the privilege of watching us. Because um, again, it's a privilege for us to be able to see a lot of people's um, creativity, um, their, their hard work, which which again, you, you touched on the fact that your actors did this voluntarily and, and I applaud them because it was done very well. Um, so thank you. And for everybody that's listening or, or watching us right now, uh, please uh, follow the, the links because all the links are going to be underneath, um, whether you're watching it on YouTube or listening to us. We do have all the links to Igor and the film and where you could watch it. I stress it enough. The metadata matters. So hit the like, subscribe, um, go to their films, watch them, you know, share them. Um, because that's the only way we can get, you know, the word out of independent film. Uh, we do need everybody's support because, again, we're we're low budget, uh, but we're friendly and and we're we're creative. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so until then, <laughs> next time, guys, keep watching film. And again, thank you, Igor. We'll see y'all next you. time. Thank you. Thank you.